Hey, listener, are you happy with your current chicken wings? Do you wish you had something a little saucier? If you answered yes, then it might be time for you to break up with your old chicken wings and get a new honey. Lemon pepper wing from Popeye's. Share the wings with your friends so they can see it's time to move on, too. Head to Popeye's and get six-piece honey lemon pepper wings for $5.99. At participating U.S. restaurants, price may vary. If you don't know SiriusXM, then listen up. Commercial-free music plus sports, comedy, talk, and news. They have it all. A lot of people think you need a car to enjoy SiriusXM, but you don't. You can listen outside the car. Right now, you can get your first three months of SiriusXM outside the car for free. Just go to SiriusXM.com busted to see offer details and to subscribe. You can listen on your phone, at home, and online. That's SiriusXM.com slash busted. Offer available to new SiriusXM streaming subscribers. SiriusXM, no car required. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on SiriusXM Fight Nation Channel 156. Hey, what's going on, Nation? Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. Today, we got the return of the Fat and the Furious with myself, Bully Ray, and my tag team partner, the innovator of violence, most hardcore man I know, and the guy that can kill the buffet, Tommy Dreamer. So much to get into with Tommy today. Want to get his take on Slammiversary, everybody that returned, all the surprises, what he thought the match of the night was, including his match against Moose. Want to talk about Impact Wrestling, on Access TV and what we can expect moving forward. And speaking of impact, we have the returning Eric Young. Yes, EY joins me and Tommy talking about his stint in WWE and talking about his future with Impact Wrestling. We also got the machine Brian Cage joining us on Busted Open ahead of his big announcement tonight on AEW Dynamite with Taz. What is going to happen with the machine and Taz? Nobody knows. We're getting into Rand Orton in the big show. We're getting into everything and anything, plus you, the nation, the fat and the furious, the busted open podcast. Turn it up right now. There's so much news coming out of impact since uh, last Saturday and last night. It's kind of like, I don't know where to start with you, but um, uh, let's just take, I guess what the biggest news is coming out of last night with Alex Shelley and Chris Sabin, the Motor City Machine Guns, now once again, the Impact Wrestling Tag Team Champions. Yeah, um, they had a great surprise debut right off the bat at Slammiversary when they wrestled the Rascals, which for some, you know, when we get to, when you talk about creative, man, that's that was a bit of a dream match for a lot of people. And to not be able to promote that, for buy rates is one thing, but to, cause no one saw the, the machine guns coming back as, as at all. And that was the beauty of what Slammiversary was promoting. And it was very, very cool. And I take with a lot of pride too, that it was trending worldwide. And I talk about this all the time during the world that we live in uh, with COVID and, and politics, the fact that professional wrestling was trending at all, but then that Slammiversary trended worldwide for the entire time that it was on, you know, being broadcast is really, really cool. And a lot of that was who was going to show up. And then they also delivered with their mat, with their in-ring. And then the next day they literally challenged the North at Slammiversary. And then Tuesday they had the match and uh, they, the North who were the longest reigning 
tag team champions in Impact uh, history, I believe. And then uh, they were upended by the guns. And that's continuing the long buzz for Impact because now the machine guns, you can have a lot of fantasy type of matchups and or interesting matchups that have never happened before. And stuff like that is really, really cool to keep things new and fresh. And there was a lot of eyes on the product last night where Impact on Access was trending number two. We had a stupid presidential. He had to say something or else we would have been number one, USA Impact. Ah, number one, Jabroni. Um, you know, you get the Motor City Machine Guns returning to Impact Wrestling. You get the Good Brothers debuting in Impact Wrestling. I mean, if I had the pencil in my hand, I know what I'm doing with those two teams in the long run. Is the Machine Guns versus the Good Brothers something that you would personally like to see happen? And do you think in the long run we could see those two teams uh, uh, fighting in the ring? Absolutely. That's something I totally want to see. I think that's a match. You know, it also has uh, international intrigue because, I mean, Alex Shelley wrestles in uh, New Japan as well when the club was going. So there's a lot of interesting stuff that could go on. And, and yeah, man, I do think uh, that's something that's definitely going to be on the table somewhere. I know Gallows and Anderson, uh, they got a lot going on they have you know their own little pay-per-view i believe it's in august but you know the the overall vibe was it was really really cool because i mean you did bub you got it i get it when you're you're out there in the world you know and now it's a little different because you know social media when you lose your job everyone's sitting there waiting to see what happens but you also it lights a fire under a lot of talent's asses and they want to prove why they were wrong to be let go in the sense of, you know, a lot of the talent, man, you know, we're talking about Eric Young. He, he was in WWE for what, three years. And, you know, really after NXT didn't do a whole lot and was literally paid to sit home and creatively you want to contribute and you want to show the world what you have to offer. And a lot of the talents that we had, you know, we're given that opportunity and we'll continue to be given that opportunity and a platform for their, you know, help with their own creative, man. I, I always tell all the talents, like, I don't tell you, you have to do move A, B, C, or even with creative, help me make you better because then it's going to make the show better. And if it's the overall show and overall product, which is the end result, that's what we came from. We were able to talk to our crazy boss and we always did it. Not for, well, I want to push dreamer. I want to push Bubba. We did it because we wanted, you know, that company called ECW to strive and how it would be better. You talked about how a lot of talents that were let go from the WWE felt wronged or how they can be can feel wronged. And you said it lights a fire under talent's ass. Uh, you guys had a lot of people either come back to Impact or debut in Impact at Slammiversary or last night on the show on Access. You've obviously been around guys like the Good Brothers now, guys like EC3. Now, well, I don't even know if you saw EC3 before he, put, he decided to pop up, but EC3, Eric Young, a, a Heath Slater, um, just talking to these guys in the locker room or at, at catering or wherever the hell you might be, which one of them would you say has the most to prove and has the biggest fire lit under their ass right now? Ah, uh, man, it, all of them. It, it, there's such, 
hunger. Uh, you know, Gallows and Anderson, and to be honest, you know, financially, they're doing pretty good in life. And they're, they wanted to come in because of that. They have, yeah, you know, they're making money and impact, but they want to show they have more. And if you remember, they were in a frigging top act with AJ Styles. Hell, WrestleMania, you know, working with The Undertaker. There's a lot of where they could have gone. And, you know, I guess the obvious choice would have been New Japan. But, you know, I know Scott Demore and, and for me too, man. I mean, Gallows, I hired Gallows twice into, into WWE. He's been my guy ever since he was a teenager. Uh, they're, they're super duper uh, fired up. Heath had an opportunity to go back to WWE. And he just kind of wanted to go out on his own. Eric, Eric is fired up and Eric has already stepped up. And I mean, he came back, he came back in that Slammiversary match. I asked him, that was the first time he took a bump in almost, almost half a year, six months of, and he's in the main event of a match with guys who were doing it a lot. Another person, legit, Rich Swan, man. Rich Swan came back after career, almost career ending surgery and was thrust into that match as well. So, I mean, it was just, and you know, because we've experienced this, it was the hits keep on coming. And that's why I told you, like when I went off, I did my last show last week when you like, is this going to be worth it uh, with impact wrestling? And I was like, absolutely. Because just when people thought they knew where we were going and like, Oh, we gave them on so many surprises. Here came another surprise. And even after, Gallows and Anderson hit and we raised, you know, beers with uh, Eddie Edwards, who's our new champion. Then there's an EC3 vignette to make you want to tune in like, holy crap, we gave you another surprise. But that surprise was to carry over to Tuesday. So there's your hook. Um, out of all the guys we just talked about, I, I see a certain fire in EC3's eyes that has me intrigued. And I think the one guy who probably has the most to prove is him. Uh, I spoke about this with Dave a little bit, even Mark. Um, I, I don't think anybody that we've talked about has been toyed with the way EC3 got toyed with, with in, in, in the WWE in the past 10 years, whether it's being down and developmental and then being let go and then, you know, having a good run and impact, getting the call back up to WWE, having a little bit of a taste of success in NXT, but then just being, I mean, demoralized up on the main roster and then having to try to come back from that. I like his new look. I like that look in his eye. I like the direction he's going in. Um, last night, sneaking up behind Moose and dropping him. Yeah, a little pro wrestling generic. Um, Would have liked to see a little bit outside of the box thinking, but that's totally fine. Uh, I have high hopes for EC3. Um, what do you think about, uh, his chances to get back to the top of the mountain and impact wrestling? You and I have worked so closely with him. And when he was emerging in impact wrestling before, you know, I mean, you, you made him pay his, his dues. You chopped the living crap out of his chest. You taught him how to be a better worker. I was with him. Uh, that's what we, the job as the veteran to do to help him, get over and give him that confidence because that's what we were taught and that's what we were blessed to get. And he was on the right path would have been great for him to have stayed in impact. You know, Bubba, it, it's great for when talent leave. And with, uh, you know, at one point WWE literally tried taking over the world. Uh, 
Uh, and then when AEW was coming up, anyone of everybody of any substance was getting signed just so they couldn't go other places. And, you know, hey, some talents made some money, but also some talents want to be used. And, you know, there was people literally being paid to ride the pine. And this isn't like baseball where they could pay you and release you and let you go work somewhere else, uh, which is another insane thing that happens in sports. But with EC3, yeah, man, he's his social media, his look, he does this, he has this fire in his eyes and he's very, very, a lot of all that stuff that he's doing and social media and his creative is from him and from what he has gone out there and put out there on social media, as well as again, given creative freedom in impact wrestling, tell us how to, how you can be you and let us critique it a little bit and you're off, man. And I do expect big things from him. The, the number one match that stood out for me uh, in Slammiversary, obviously you, you did a great job with Moose. Uh, the main event did a good job, but we had Deanna on the other day, and I think Deanna and Jordan had the match of the night. I thought they stole the show, and one of the things that they did that I love so much is they, they told me how great of a match that they were going to have from the minute they locked up. I think the most credible lockup I saw that night, and maybe in a while is the way Jordan and Deanna uh, locked up. Can you talk about the match, the frame of mind, the two women were in, and do you think they delivered? Absolutely. I think also with the women, they had a great wrestling match and they had a great wrestling feud. And that's different. You know, but Dreamer and Raven will never go down as a great uh, wrestling feud in the sense of a pure wrestling match. But those two women tore it up and part it was snug man i mean i was i watched that match uh jordan had a busted lip they had the next day they had bruises on their body but they did it for that was their storytelling and, and you know they it, re, it was a throwback to, for me too uh and in, don callis always shows us uh lockups and it's nick bockwinkle and billy robinson locking up and they're close to their 50s and it looked like a real fight and it looked like a struggle, probably because it is. Um, you know, me and EY still lock up in the back all the time. He goes to attack me. He spins me around and we lock up and we lock up super duper tight. It's, but that's just how we do it. And those two women told a great story. Even that submission, dude, I thought, I know I told the girls, uh, I told Deanna, if she ever put that or attempted to put that on me, I would punch her right in her face because both my shoulders would fall out. She looked like she ripped her shoulders out. And when she locked that in, uh, you have nothing but to tap because there's no place for you to go. And that was another match. And, and you say, and I say it, someone went over and someone got over and there's a new champion. And since she's burst on the scene here in impact wrestling, another talent that wasn't really used and everyone was like, oh, my God, she's such a great wrestler. She's such a great wrestler. And now she's being shown as what she is, a great wrestler. This is Aussie 
Football Rules America with Eddie Maguire. One of Australia's greatest international stars, Hugh Jackman. Someone invited me when I was first in Melbourne to go and play a game. About five minutes into the game, someone took me out from behind with a shoulder charge. And my first instinct was to get up and deck the guy. And my own teammates had to hold me back and say, no, no, that's allowed. Catch new episodes Thursdays at 6pm Eastern on Dan Patrick Radio Channel 211 and listen at home with Amazon Alexa, Google Assistant or however you stream in the house. We were talking about Impact Wrestling, uh, the debuts, the surprises that we got from Slammiversary, the follow-up last night on Access Television. Um, And then this past Monday night, we got a returning uh, to the ring big show, Tommy. And there's been a lot of talk amongst Busted Open fan base in the nation about the big show and his match with Randy Orton. Listen, Andre the Giant, Big John Stud, all of the greatest uh, big men in the history of the business. First off, Tommy, where do you think Big Show ranks amongst the greatest big men of all time? And I'm talking big men. I'm talking the super big men like the Andres or the Studs. Where do you think he ranks amongst them? And how do you think Show has been utilized since his return to the WWE? And and do you think Randy Orton punting Show in the head is the end of Show? To answer your question, I think he would be one behind Andre as one of the best big men of all time. You know, you've worked him, I've worked him. Uh, I I love the big show. Uh, I love his in-ring. Here's a guy who, I mean, hell, I wrestled him. And if you want to talk about how sometimes low he was in the company, I've beaten the big show. <laughs> so um, that's low. He, oh, that's very low. <laughs> um, he's He's a guy who, I mean, literally can, if he lands on you wrong, could kill you and doesn't get enough credit for what a, what a good wrestler that he is. He's gotten himself in very, very good shape. He's disappeared. I mean, he's had different type of surgeries through the years. Being used is the uh, greatest word there. I mean, everyone, it's like, it's the new Terry Funk retirements. How many times are we going to turn big show? And sadly, that's not on him. That's on creative. But if you think about it, big show does a great job of anything given to him. So, when people talk about that, Terry Funk does his retirements. That was Terry Funk. But when Big Show turns, that's not Big Show waking up and saying, I want to be a bad guy. That's someone telling him he has to be the bad guy. And then, oh, you're going to be the good guy. So that little asterisk on his career shouldn't be there because it's on him. It's not on him. Uh, I think they are doing a good job with uh, Big Show because, I mean, we all know how much, you know, at times that Ric Flair loves Big Show and Ric Flair has put him over as being better than Andre the Giant. He's like, I've worked on both, brother. But uh, is this going to be the last? I hope not, because I still think Big Show has a lot to offer uh, the wrestling industry, as well as if they go do the Andre the Giant route, make him special, maybe make him come back if they ever do the Andre the Giant Battle Royal, make him mean more every time he does come back. And they have done a decent job of that since his return. You know, you talked about creative and it's creative's decision whether or not that show is a heel or a babyface and how many times he's turned. Uh, how do you think that they've utilized the big show on this this these past couple of weeks with Randy? I mean, did you ever think 
that big show, despite the fact that he's seven foot five, nine hundred and seventy-two pounds, monster giant, and and can can go in the ring, despite the fact that he has all this athletic ability and probably the most athletic giant ever. Did you ever think that he was going to beat Randy Orton? Did they ever position show in a way where you said to yourself, wow, I think he might get the best of Randy? No, not at all. And, but that's also because of what has been done with him in the past. Like I said, with all the retirements and all that stuff, if you know, the knockout punch dude, that was getting over, it was getting over big time. The, it, it would be like, Hey, here comes Tommy dreamer for redemption against his friend edge and even or his friend against Christian would people pop for Tommy dreamer return to WWE. Yeah, probably. And then it was like, uh, Randy Orton at extreme rules. I'm going to take you to the extreme. You RKO Viper. And yeah, that match may have some intrigue and they know, Oh wow. Dreamer's going to wrestle Randy Orton. It's going to be a really good match. I'm going to do all the same stuff I did with moose. Uh, and then guess what? No one will ever say Tommy dreamer had enough credibility to beat Randy Orton because of Tommy Dreamer's past in WWE. And that has a big, big, you know, build to what you're doing. Because guess what? Wrestling fans, we don't forget. We never forget. We remember that today's Bob Roop's birthday. And remember of all these turns of the big show and why he doesn't have that. If maybe he laid him out with a punch and Flair got a major juice job, or maybe there was a shocking where Randy goes for the RKO and big show punches him out of the air. And beats him. And you, you know it. A, a, a loss would not hurt Randy Orton. But then if you put some other stipulations or, hey, I beat you once, I'll do it again. You don't think I got it? I'll put my career on the line. Something like that. Do you think that's the last match for the big show? I don't think in wrestling we ever have a last match. Unless it's something with his health. I remember for a while he was looking at leaving because I think he made it needed hip surgery. Or I believe it was hip surgery. There was something going on with him physically, but I mean, he came back in great shape. You know, he's uh, posting pictures of himself working out all that stuff. And uh, I hope not because I always like, uh, I mean, he's a definite hall of famer, but I always like guys to go out really on their own terms. And especially in this COVID world, I would love to dude. And even like with slam anniversary and, and, I hate the fact that fans aren't there for the wrestlers and because we feed off of that as well as I hate the fact that the fans can't be there to celebrate it with us. And if you're going to have a last match, Big Show deserves to be crying because you know he would be at a WrestleMania and just like kind of like Andre, you know, like waving to the crowd saying goodbye because you deserve that if you're going to call it a career. No one should retire during the COVID era. The top teams in the NBA are in Orlando to finish the NBA season. Who will push for the final playoff spot? Which star will secure their legacy with a title? It's good! Knockout punch by LeBron James! Your 24-7 home for the return of hoops is NBA Radio, Series 207, XM86. And at home with Amazon Alexa, Google Assistant, or however you stream in the house. Eric Young. Eric, buddy, great to talk to you. Great to see you here on Zoom. How are you? Uh, it's been good, man. I'm very, very good. Good to be on with you guys. Uh, emerging from my, uh, my cave. Uh, plenty to say, 
happy to say that uh, it feels like Slammiversary was a massive success, and it's really cool to be part of that. And uh, more importantly, really cool to be home. Well, I got to tell you, I want to thank you, first of all, because I know this is the first time that you've spoken since you left the WWE and since you returned to Impact. Busted Open gets to talk to you first. I know there's a I feel that there's a lot of stuff that you want to talk about, uh, things you might want to get off your chest and things that you want to talk about going into your future. Uh, I'll, I'll start off with the real easy one. Like, how does it feel to be back in a company that you were a part of for so long? How does it feel to be back in Impact Wrestling? Yeah, it feels really good, man. And it's, uh, you know, it, it's much different. Um, it, it, you know, it, it's Impact Wrestling now, not TNA Wrestling. Um, so that's, they fully transitioned there. and. There are uh, several people that are still there that were there when I was originally there. Um, but, uh, you know, the roster is almost completely turned over. Um, you know, management is completely different. Uh, we're on Access TV now. Anthem uh, is is owner and, and partner with Impact. Uh, they're doing amazing things. So it, it's, uh, it's cool to be part of a, a group that feels like it's a team rather than a bunch of individuals again. Um, I've always got that vibe from there. And especially now, and, and uh, I was saying to Scott um, this weekend, just saying like people that have been there for the last, you know, four or five years to be super proud of what they've done. They took the company that was basically from obscurity, you know, had no TV, uh, was on life support and brought it back and, and uh, really delivered this Saturday. Um, super proud to be part of that. But most of all, I want to point the attention to the people that were there before Saturday. Cause that's when the real hard work was done. You know, like we had to deliver this Saturday and we did, but to get to that point, to be in this position, um, you know, in, in a bunch of different aspects to be in that position to, to deliver is, is years of hard work and, and uh, they should all be commended for that. Uh, Eric, uh, you, you just talked about impact and how it felt to be there. Um, I spent, uh, and to me, and me, Tommy, and yourself spent a long time in TNA, and then we all went our separate ways. You went to the WWE. Why did you decide to go to the WWE? How did you feel things went in NXT for you? And why did they seem to go so wrong once you got called up to the main roster? Yeah, I, I mean, the time for me uh, going there was, it was kind of time to move on from, uh, the, the structure of the current company, I felt like I had kind of done, you know, everything that I was going to be allowed to do there. Um, obviously the WWE is, is a place that I've wanted to work my whole career. That's, uh, that's what I grew up watching. You know, that's, that was the goal. You know, when I started wrestling, my, my first goal was to sign a contract and say that I do this for a living. Um, and signing my first contract with TNA wrestling and, uh, I guess that would have been around 2000, uh, 2004. That was the first time I signed a contract there full time. And I, I could officially say I'm a pro wrestler. Cause before that uh, I would never tell anyone that, like I say, yeah, I do it on the weekends. Cause that's what I did. I had a real job and, and uh, you know, I played wrestler on the weekend, but in 2004 I signed my first contract and then I could finally say, this is what I do for a living. That was my, my first and only goal. Uh, and my other goal was to make it to the WWE. So that was a, uh, a huge reason for me wanting to go there. Um, the NXT part uh, went great, was treated well. Um, Hunter and me worked very closely on the development of, of Sanity in the group. And I really felt like I had a say in what went on. And uh, obviously not final say, but was listened to and and uh, asked to contribute 
Uh, and, and I mean, I think the NXT run, uh, I mean, at the time, Sanity was one of the top acts in, in the whole company. Uh, we were on every show. Uh, we won Tag Team of the Year. Uh, War Games was Match of the Year. Um, you know, I could be put anywhere on the card and, and utilized in a very good way. Then we transitioned to the main roster. And I mean, you and everyone knows how, uh, know how that went. That did not go well. Uh, and, and you know, and people know, it's sometimes you fall out of favor and, and, and it's nothing that you did or, or, or didn't do. Uh, I never changed who I was. Uh, I'm not going to. That's not who I am. I'm not a political person. Never have been. That's probably a bit of a, uh, a hindrance for my career is that I'm not political. Um, I refuse to be political. Um, Wait, yeah, let me just it, let me just stop you right there. When you say political, yeah. you're talking in the world of pro wrestling, like politics yes. in the back, not like politics yes. in the world, right? Okay, good. Yeah, Keep going. Politics in the world, I'm going to avoid those completely. Uh, <laughs> and, and pol- politics and wrestling, I avoid as much as possible. I mean, there's politics and everything, but but I'm just going to avoid it. And uh, the truth is, is is you know, a bunch of guys that have left there have have talked about this, and we don't need to go on and on about it. But the system's broken. It's hard to, to get a word in. Um, you know, even when you're doing nothing, it feels like you're just trying to fix people's mistakes all day. Um, there, there's no creativity. They want everyone to do things the same and be the same and bump the same and sell the same. And there's millions of rules, which I'm sure you guys have all heard and talked about on the show at length. And people talk about on the internet and the secret rules and those change daily. And uh, it's just really hard to understand what's going on and, and why it's going on. Um, the, the system is flawed. And, and I would say that to, to anyone there, I would say it to Vince himself. I mean, like, I, I'm definitely not the first person that he's made a mistake on. Uh, and I won't be the last person that he's made a mistake on. And it's, it's, I don't think it's anything personal. Anytime me and him were in a room together or we spoke, he, he was always respectful. Um, we had two pretty decently long conversations and I thought they went well and he understood where I was coming from, but I'm a, I'm a man and I'm not going to stand in a hallway for four hours to talk to him. I'm, I, I'm just not going to do that. And that, that could be wrong on my part. That could be stubborn on my part, but I'm a 40 year old man and I'm not going to wait in the hallway like a child to, to maybe get five minutes to talk to him. I, I told, I said my piece to him. Uh, he seemed to be responsive to it and nothing ever come from it. So it's a, uh, I don't take it personally. It's he made a mistake. Uh, and as a, as a leader of the company and the person that decides everything, you, you know, it, it's a, it's a massive mistake to pass on somebody with me. You have a three hour television show and you can't find five minutes for Eric Young. Your show is broken. It's as simple as that. I've proven that I can do whatever, uh, any role. I'm not saying I can do it. I've already done it and I've proven I can do it and do it very well. So for me, it's, it's, it was a, it's a huge miss, a huge mistake. Uh, and now it's someone else's gain. And personally, it's my gain. My soul hasn't felt this good in a long time. That's uh, that's just the truth. You know, Eric, uh, I mean, this, this isn't because we're friends. This is because I speak the truth with you all the time. Uh, I watched you, in impact before i mean bully was with you before i even knew you and yeah. i was like look at these bumps that these guy this guy has taken you also have been given crappy creative and this was in tna and turned it into something and then i was there with you with the emergence of eric young the singles wrestler the guy who was crazy the guy who 
Uh, and it was a moment where, I mean, literally fans were like shocked and crying when you won the title. And then when you lost the title and then you turned heel, people, you, you know how to get people's emotions, which is always what we do when we wrestle. As well as, oh, by the way, you had one of the most successful fishing shows and you made a show about fishing enjoyable. And, you know, you talk about hockey, you, you do stuff, um, you write for the NHL, you would do all different stuff outside of the box to show your creativity. And I was so happy to see you come back. And I said this off the air with Bully Ray, you had a match, you're thrust into the main event of a pay-per-view. You haven't taken a bump in five months and it was like you never stopped wrestling all the time. And that's a credit to you as a performer, as someone, my peer of just someone who just goes and gives his all no matter what he is given. And when you say, if someone can't give you creative, uh, yes, that system is a broken system. But the cool part is you also understand that this is not personal. You, you know, no. you've done nothing but be honest with triple H when, Hey, impact wrestling is reaching out to me. Uh, so that's the business and at least you understand the business aspect of it, which is because I hate when, when people who will be listening to this are like, Oh, he's bitter. He's that. No, you, how you, you did all that stuff in NXT. How many matches did you actually have on the main roster of raw or SmackDown? No, five. And how long were you there? Two years. Think of that. Yeah. Let insane. that resonate. It's insane. Yeah, and, and Eric, you talked about how this move back to Impact Wrestling is good for your soul, and and yeah. I, I I know what you're feeling. Um, I I want you to elaborate more so our listeners can can feel what you're feeling. And do you think like what Tommy just said? You wrestled five times in two years. Did that time in the WWE harden you, and did it make you? not love wrestling as much as we know that you love wrestling? Oh, sure. I mean, it's, uh, I mean, you hear about it, you know, you hear about it happening to guys and you think, Oh, it won't happen to me. You know, I like it too much. It's too, you know, it's too, too big of a part of my life. I have tons of interests. I always have, but wrestling is my first love. You mean like the, there was a point in my life where nothing mattered except for pro wrestling. Um, when I was trying to become a wrestler and learn and, and travel and, 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 uh, you know, expand my career, I lived it, you know, slept it, breathed it, bled tears. All of it was about wrestling. Um, so yeah, there, I mean, I, I loved it and I can say like, I didn't watch any wrestling when I was on the main roster. I didn't watch it. I did like, I would work on Ron. I wouldn't even watch the show. Like it's, uh, it's hard when something like that is is crushed. You mean like the, the love of it is crushed because like I said, the system there is broken. It's, it's broken. There's so many talented people, you know, in front of the camera, behind the camera, like that's, it could be the Shangri-La. You know what I mean? Like this is, it is a place that everything amazing should be happening every second of every day. And it's not, it's a, it's a disaster how it's organized. I mean, well, uh, if you need anything, I'm here for you, bro. I'm sorry. You, about that. you never know who to answer to. Um, you know I mean? It, it all goes through one person and he's all over the map and, and his decisions. And, you know, it's, uh, it's hard to love wrestling in, in that kind of an environment. And uh, I can say I, I laugh, I, you know, when I was furloughed there, um, 
I started watching wrestling again and I knew I was going to wrestle again. I didn't know where I was going to be or who it was going to be for, but, uh, I'm back to loving wrestling again. And that is super cool, man. It's, uh, it's a gift. It's a, it's an absolute gift for me in my life right now. And it's, uh, like I said earlier, like it's hard for me to explain, but my soul hasn't felt this good in years. And, and bully, uh, me and EY, it was about three weeks ago. And yeah, I was really, really like, Hey man, you should come back to impact. And I know it, there's a big financial decision here and I understand. And if you don't want to come back, cool. But it was about three o'clock in the morning and he's like, Hey, what wrestling were you talking about uh, from a tweet about Am- wrestling on Amazon prime and him and I are literally watching the worst wrestling together, like on our cell phones, he's watching at the same time and we're making comments, texting back and forth. I go, I, we, if you looked at this picture, we're two grown ass men, but we were acting like teenagers being like, this is horrible or God, Terry Funk is still great. Even in this, like he was great in the seventies and it still holds up. But like that funness about wrestling is what was, what you're saying was missing in your life. But yeah. that's why I go back and I watch stuff that made me a fan. And I know your routine because I basically live at your house a lot of times. Yeah. And like you wake up in the morning, you make yourself coffee, pancakes, and then you watch like an hour of pro wrestling now. Yeah. Yeah. That's the, the new routine. It hasn't been that way for a long time. So it's, uh, it's back. It's back. And, and I'm back. Like, I feel like I, I didn't exist for, for two years after being on TV for, you know, every week for 14 or 15 years. And, working so hard to, to build your career. And like, we're all independent contractors, you know, we're all our own business. And then, you know, having a, a person, you know, basically take a dump on all of your hard work and, and discard it. Like it's nothing. It's, it's hard to deal with, man. It's a, it's a huge blow to the psyche, huge blow to the ego. Um, but I mean, I never thought, Oh, this is my fault. Like this is, it's the system is just broken. It's flawed. And, and it's, it's the whole thing. All the flaws are created by one person and that's not going to change, unfortunately. So unfortunately for a lot of people there and a lot of creative people and a lot of really talented people, they're never really going to be able to fully do what they can do because of the way the system is organized. And it's, it's sad. It's mostly just sad. It's super frustrating when you're in it. Um, but now I can say I can smile because I don't have to deal with that anymore. Well, great. Let's deal with me. Yeah. Now you got to deal with dreamer at catering and we all know how difficult that can be. Um, (laughs) So you're in a good place now, Eric, obviously you said you're happy. This is good for your soul. And it's so great to hear that. Okay. So moving forward, you return to impact wrestling, big reveal at Slammiversary on social media. The impact wrestling fan base was so excited to see you come back. What are your goals? You said you're 40 years old. You're back in impact wrestling. They definitely were able to hit the reset button. It's anniversary. What are your goals moving forward? What do you need to accomplish for yourself? And what do you still need to accomplish in pro wrestling? So, I mean, for me, personal wise is like, I've already done more in wrestling than I ever imagined that I would. I mean, and that's, you know, Oh, shocks. And you know, <laughs> whatever it is, you know, I, it is just the truth. Like personal goals. Like I've done, I've done everything that I, I set out to do my list was to sign a contract and be in the WWE did both of those things. I've wrestled all over the world. I've been world champion, you know, uh, global champion, 
TV champion, X division champion, several time tag champion, NXT tag champion. I've done more than I ever thought I would. Now that doesn't mean that I'm not going to, to try to, to better myself because that's the best part of pro wrestling is you can always adapt and change and become something else and become better. And that's what I'm looking to do. But most of all is, 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 you know, being a part of impact and helping to grow something like that. That's a, when you guys dealt with it in ECW, being part of that groundswell, you know, that, you know, you're this local regional kind of backwoods promotion that's airing locally in in New York and in Philadelphia. And it, you know, it it grows and it gets this crazy buzz. Then it gets on national television and then you're doing pay-per-views. Like I know what that feels like is a little bit, that was TNA. You know what I mean? When I was there and and, in impact right now is on, an even higher trajectory, I believe. Uh, Access TV is, is is an unbelievable television partnership for them. Uh, the Pluto TV thing, a lot of you know regular wrestling fans don't understand. That's a huge get for them internationally. Uh, it's a massive international platform allowing them. And just because of technology now, like I know that the, I don't know, I'm 40. I don't know anything about Twitch or any of that stuff, but I know that the Twitch stream was, uh, the numbers were way up. And, you know, because of digital media now, like, you can reach people that you couldn't reach before. And Impact is doing uh, an unbelievable job at growing their brand. With their brand growing, my brand grows. So th- that's the goal is to grow Impact Wrestling and in turn grow, grow my own brand. You know, I first right now, I got to I got to get back to where I was. You mean like I, I, I was uh, living in a cabin in the woods, it feels like for, you know, th- almost three years. And it's time to time to get down to business and show everybody what I'm about. You know, social media plays such a big part in uh, the world today and in professional wrestling. Uh, It's that instant feedback, you know, from fans, especially right now in the COVID era. There's no fans in the house. So the only feedback we get is fans on social media. I I would assume that for the the two years that you did absolutely nothing in WWE, the amount of social media interaction you had from fans with minimal. How was it the other night after Slammiversary? Uh, Was it was it cool for you or did it feel good to see all of that social media interaction and to see how happy the impact fan base was to see you back home so to speak yeah super rewarding um you know to to, to have that like you said like the instant feedback and um i i i use social media as much as possible like i said i'm not a i'm not a massive fan of it if, if i'm being completely honest um it is a massive tool for us uh a free tool and a tool that can be used to build your own brand and, and uh, bring attention to what you're doing. So it's definitely a necessary part. Um, but uh, admittedly, I jumped on my phone pretty quickly after the match just to see what people were saying. And, you know, like there's always going to be detractors and uh, people that, that aren't excited, but I feel like for the most part, it was all positive, you know, and uh, that's a good feeling too, you know, kind of, you know, the dart throw back on the map and you land in a spot and you're, and you're nervous. I mean, like I was nervous, uh, like you guys said, like I hadn't wrestled in, in uh, almost, you know, I guess four months. But I mean, if we're being honest, I really hadn't wrestled in, in almost two years. Any, I, you know, I didn't, haven't done anything that was important or anyone cared about uh, or even I cared about. So it was uh, it was important for me to to make an impression again and uh, to 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 kind of like uh, hang my cap back on the rack saying like, you know, I'm back and, and, uh, and I'm ready to get going again. And I feel like I did that. Um, and, and like, there's so much cool stuff 
planned and coming. Uh, the TVs uh, over the next next few weeks are are, are pretty special, and uh, Impact is doing an unbelievable job of capturing the momentum that we have and riding that lightning. And that's in pro wrestling. There's nothing more important than that. Uh, Eric, when we talk about, you know, numbers and all that stuff, I was actually, I don't get access television where I live, but I do get Twitch and it's a smaller community, but how you watch television. And it was, when you talk about a groundswell, people like, Oh my God, we're at 4,000 people in this chat room. And then it's like, it was at like a right around 7,000, which is really, really big numbers of people watching when uh, Eddie was out, was out there talking it was, and you could see the numbers. It stayed around 7,000. When you walked out, dude, everyone was like, EY, EY, Eric Young. And it literally popped and it was the highest. It went to like 8,600 people. So, I mean, in, the, a, in a small community, at one point, 1,600 people raised and they're talking about you. And the yeah. fact that your name was trending worldwide and even like, like you know, man, I take great pride because, I mean, you know also what I do behind the scenes, that anniversary and even impact on access. In a world of really negative all over social media, yep. people are talking for two hours about a television, uh, a wrestling show, which is it's our jobs to make people happy, entertain. And the fact that people are talking about that for just two hours in an imprint in the world, I think that's friggin' awesome. Yeah, especially during the times now. Anything positive is good, man. So it's cool to be part of that. And you were a big part of it. So I'm happy you're in a good place because of that's because we're friends. But I mean, I'm I'm happy the world gets to see your talent shine. And also for people who want to know stuff behind the scenes, uh, there's a point where Eric's doing something with Rich Swan on the top rope, and everyone in the back was like, "Oh my God, there's no way he's going to be able to pull this off, pull this off," and People don't know how deceptively strong EY is. And he gave it this, and I just saw him like gut wrench Rich Swan into like a, like a Frankensteiner or something like that. But when that was going, it wasn't going south because we've got two pros, but there was people in the back like, what the hell? No, 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 they're going to slip. And I just saw you go into your crazy beast mode. And it was fantastic because I was like, that's because he's a perfectionist and he really cares. It's an old man strength. I can open any jar. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you're just tuning in, we're talking with Impact Wrestling superstar Eric Young, who returned this past Saturday at Slammiversary. Uh, EY, I know because I've seen with my own eyes that you can do anything in the ring. Just like you said before, like how does the WWE miss a guy who can make you laugh, who can make you cry, who can make you boo, who can make you cheer as you've done? I've seen you be the funniest guy on the show. I've seen you be the most serious guy on the show and everything in between. With your return to Impact now, which version of Eric Young is the right fit for you right now. I know we saw serious Eric Young this past Saturday. Is that the road that you want to go down, the more serious Eric, or are we going to see the, 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 the comedic side of Eric Young anytime soon? Yeah, I think right now um, with uh, where I fit in the company, the serious role is, is the most effective uh, for me. Uh, professionally, it's going to be the most rewarding. And for me, I feel what I can contribute in that role is best for the company. Um, there's a lot of really talented young guys there. Um, but I do feel, and me and Scott have talked about this, and me and Tommy have talked about this, is 
the screws need to be tightened up a little bit. You know what I mean? And, and, uh, that's a role that I, I relish. You mean like, I'm not going to ever tell anyone what to do. Um, but I I think I have loads of experience. Um, I think I know uh, enough to be able to suggest and and tell people like maybe try this or change this or don't do that. Or, or what do you think about this? And and that's an exciting thing too. And, um, I definitely wasn't that in the, the WWE, obviously, uh, I did do 16 weeks of producing. That was, uh, an interesting side adventure while I was there, but, um, that's a thankless job, huh? Uh, one of the most thankless jobs on earth. I don't know why anyone would want to do it there. Um, I think it can be a rewarding job, but not there, not there. You're just, uh, like I said, you're just sorting through, uh, one crazy man's ideas. You mean like that's, you know, that that's what you're doing is you're, you're fixing, uh, the crap that gets put in front of you every day. And that doesn't sound like a lot of fun to me. Uh, I did it for 16 weeks and I think I did it well. And I, you know, they said, you know, whenever you're ready, you know, and want to do this full time, there's a job waiting for you. And I was like, okay, cool. Thanks. Off, off. I went to main event to wrestle uh, Titus O'Neill again. <laughs> but, but the job that was waiting for you wasn't the traditional agent or producer's job. It's more no. of a, would you say it's more of a yes man job than a creative job? Like it used to be 20 or 30 years ago. Yeah. You're uh you're a relay. You mean like you're, you're not doing anything. All you're doing is taking what is said in the meeting and then relaying that to the, the talent. And then if they want to change something, then you got to go ask. And he says no, and then you go back to them, and then they just do what was written anyways. So it's it's thankless. It's uh, it's not very fun, um, and it should be. You know what I mean, like something like that, like the being creative like that all day. And there were moments that were cool, and you know, I uh, I helped work on a couple things that were were pretty fun. And um, but it's it's yeah, it's just a thankless that and, and wrestling writing and it's 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 difficult like the the small team at impact like those guys they're machines you know scott and tommy and don and uh jimmy and just everybody it's 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 crazy how much wrestling they talk in three or four days and how they 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 don't you know most of them don't ever see worn out or or standoffish or anything like that so it's it is it is a thankless rotten job you guys both have done it and you know so I'm not telling you anything you don't know for sure, but yeah, it's uh wasn't a lot of fun, but I think for me, the, the role it impacted the, the, the world-class maniac who you saw on the pay-per-view and who you'll see in the, the next coming weeks at TV. That's to me, that's how I'm going to be most effective. Um, it's going to be a wild ride, man. It's uh, <laughs> there's a bunch of really cool stuff coming. Tommy, anything final from you? No, um, I'm just happy to see my friend and his talent shine. And, uh, yeah, there's a lot of cool stuff coming up with Eric and the fact that he understands this business is, and he's a veteran and will help lead impact, uh, to continue to be the brand that it wants to be. And I'm just, I'm just happy to hang out with my friend, uh, more so than we normally just text stupid stuff. 
I completely agree. Um, EY, I've spoke about you many times on this show, and I would always talk about you and Bobby Roode and how disappointed I was in the way they used you guys, and obviously they used Bobby a lot more than they used you. I'm really happy. I'm really excited for you. I'm glad you're happy. I'm glad you're in a good place. I think fans are super excited to see you back in Impact Wrestling. I think you're going to bring a lot to the table. I think you're going to do what you do best and get over, and I think along the way, anybody that's in the ring with you is going to be getting over also so thank you very much for choosing busted open to be your first interview post wwe and now that you're back with impact wrestling um really appreciate you brother love you hope everything goes great for you man yeah thank you guys thanks to the whole busted open staff uh you guys have always been in my corner and uh, it, it doesn't go unnoticed. I appreciate everybody. Thanks, guys. And now, Sirius XM PGA Tour Radio's resident golf historian, Dave Marr, with a PGA Championship memory. 2019 PGA Championship was historic. With its new date in May, defending champion Brooks Kepka claimed his first springtime major to become the only player in history to hold two successful title defenses at the same time, a pair of U.S. Opens and a pair of PGAs. PGA Championship Week is on Sirius 208 XM 92 and on your Sirius XM app. Jack Rip chiseled like 285 of this sheer man muscle. The machine, Brian Cage. Brian, how you doing this morning, brother? Uh, doing real good, doing real good. You know, just over here flying some eggs, cooking some oatmeal, body guy stuff, you know? Absolutely, I just had the same stuff. <laughs> of course you did, Tommy. I figured, I figured you would. Well, body guy stuff. Is that a shot at Tommy? Is that a shot at me? Or is that a shot at the both of us? No, no, that's just, that's just me <laughs> on, on the shoot. Just what I was doing. <laughs> yes, for a shoot, we know that you have a much better body than the both of us. <laughs> Uh, Brian, thanks for joining us this morning. Uh, you've been a topic of conversation here on the show. You've been a topic of conversation out there on social media uh, since, uh, you know, for a while now, two months ago, you know, you, you know, made, you know, made the scene in, at AEW. So f- right off the bat, how do you feel things are going uh, in AEW for you right now? Are you happy with the performance? Are you happy the way things are going? Tell us some stuff. Uh yeah, overall, I'm, I'm, I'm very, very happy. Um, uh, you know, I had no idea that I was going to be in the ladder match for like a week out before I uh, returned from injury. And, uh, and and even then, like, I didn't know anything about it. And I was like, am I really going to win this? Like, I'm debuting. I, I probably should win this. But uh, I had no idea until I found out that I was like, oh, crap, I'm just getting pushed like that right off the gate. Um, but, yeah, no, it's it's been great. I think uh, the Taz frame's been real cool. I've, I've really enjoyed it. Um because, uh, and I'm not naive to the fact that, yeah, a lot of people knew who I was coming into AEW, but being on AEW, I, I realized there's a lot of people who had no idea who I was at the same time. So I feel like um, with, with Taz being there to hype me up, because people have asked me about that, I've kind of said, you know, of course you're going to put yourself over, right? If somebody asks you something about how good you are at something, you're going to put yourself over. But if somebody that people already know or, or respect or trust puts you over, that like, instantly gives you a little bit of added credibility. So I feel like that's, that's kind of helped. And, you know, the matches have with Moxie is really the first match, the real, the, you know, the first real, real match I've had. Um, and there's still, you know, plenty I haven't really got to done, uh, haven't got to do. So I feel like it's been a nice little slow burn. And uh, with me coming out and, you know, Darby last night and Starks joining with us and I, there, there's some cool stuff we have coming up. So. Brian, uh, how long was it? 
before you actually had a match, before you wrestled Moxley? It was a while, right? Yeah, my last like full on one on one match was New Year's Day. Wow. Well, and wrestling in front of uh, no no fans, we we ask everybody like you. Uh, AEW's done a great job of, of bringing in talent to act uh, as the fans. But how different it is from you? Because you're one of those guys too. Like, I mean, an amazing athlete. I've I've been a part of so many of your matches, but the difference between no fans and fans uh, for you as a performer, especially on that top level of you versus Moxley. Uh, oh yeah, I mean, quite frankly, it sucks, right? I mean, every every hates it, but the way AEW has done it, it has been nice. Because even then, like, I was stoked and excited to go back, you know, and to make my debut at AEW as well. But at the same time, you're like, ah, you know, there's a little bit of letdown. But walking through the curtain, um, I, I was surprised that there was more of a adrenaline, you know, rush than than I thought. I, I thought it'd, it'd be like going out, you know, like you're walking on your bathroom in your house. There'd just be like nothing there to kind of flip the switch. Um, but there's, there's way more of a journal rush than I thought. And, uh, having the people out there is so much better than not having anyone for sure. It's, it's, it's just a little bit, but that little bit goes a long way. So, um, uh, I know Vicky Guerrero was in the crowd too on double or nothing. And I mean, she was popping huge, especially after the fact, cause she knew I was there, but I guess she, she didn't know I was wrestling or I was like part of AEW. I thought she thought I was just there. So she actually had a shoot real surprise reaction. So I was like, oh, awesome. At least I got surprised one person in the crowd. But, uh, but no, it's, it's, you know, it is what it is, but uh, the way they do it definitely, it definitely helps a lot. But I mean, obviously if we had, you know, the, the crowd that we should all have and are used to having, then yeah, yeah, that makes everything, you know, that we do and I do essentially, since we're talking about me, you know, much easier to have and to push you to that next level. Cause without it, it's like, oh, like, you know, I want to do this crazy thing that I shouldn't be able to do that I really want to do and showcase, but it's like, man, like, you know, if I do it or, or crash and burn, like, you know, or even like when I got injured when I won the world title, if that was in front of no fans, I, I probably wouldn't have been able to push through that. Like, oh yeah, I'll keep going on and try to make the match work. But yeah, that's it. There's no fans. Let's, 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 let's wrap it up. Like it's done. Right. Brian, uh, AEW fans and wrestling fans around the world saw your match against John Moxley. Uh, you went in there, you guys were kicking the crap out of each other. You find yourself in an, in an arm bar submission at the end of the match. Taz uh, throws in the towel. A lot of people were questioning the decision. I know you took the social media to talk about it. I know Taz took the social media to talk about it. Uh, you even said on your social media that your relationship with Taz right now, and I'm paraphrasing right now, is a little rocky. You weren't quite sure if you wanted to uh, relieve him of his managerial duties. And it seems like you guys got a big announcement on uh, AEW Dynamite tonight. Can you give us a hint? How are you feeling right now about Taz? How's the relationship? Did you agree with him throwing in the towel? Do you want to punch him in the face for throwing in the towel? What are your thoughts and feelings? Uh, yes, definitely. I did want to punch him in the face uh, at first. Right? It's emotional reaction. Uh, you know, I'm not going to be happy with that. I wasn't happy with, with how it played out in the finish of it. Um, obviously, I'm not going to be stoked. Um, you know, but we've talked and I, I understand the, the longevity of it all. Um, but you know, it, it, it was the heat of the moment. Obviously I was really pissed off. Um, and, uh, you know, he's explained himself and it, I guess not to say it is what it is again, but I'm going to say it again. 
Um, and yeah, yeah, I'm not happy about it, but it, it's that's what it was. Um, and we've talked. I know we're gonna we'll talk tonight. And I uh, I, w- I was on Dark last night and uh, got involved with Darby after his match. And um, uh, I know he's been checking out uh, Ricky Starks on AW Dark. And uh, we uh, we we'll, I'll say we we met up for the first time essentially last night. So. Um, is everything cool? Uh, nothing's cool, but I mean, um, I, I'm, I'm understanding why, why he did it, obviously. And if, uh, if everything works out in the long run, well then no harm, no foul. Right. Um, you and I are friends. You and I, uh, we all, we want to read the positives, but we unfortunately also read the negatives. There's been a lot of backlash for the FTW title where people are like, oh, they're rehashing ECW. A lot of negative where I said, man, it's getting people talking about the product and what is ahead. And and Taz endorsing you for that. I know what that title meant to Taz. Uh, Bullying knows what it meant to Taz. Uh, So we have you on the air. What with that title, what did it mean? What does it mean to you? Oh, it was awesome. That was you know, like a, a super last minute thing, you know, obviously with Moxie not being able to compete, um, you know, with his wife having a COVID um, issue. And we were kind of left like, okay, what do we do now? And that was a last minute thing. And, uh, you know, I, th- I thought it was rad. I thought it was awesome. And you, you, you talk about being a lot of negative backlash. I actually thought, um, at least for attached to me and my social media, there was a lot of positive, like actually just, just him giving me the FTW title. I felt like instantly had everyone going, there's no way Cage is beating Mox. So like, well, maybe Cage is beating Mox. Um, so I, I, I thought that like, again, maybe that's just because of exactly how much it meant that the fact that he gave it to me was just further endorsement and, and, you know, and saying like, Hey man, this guy's a real deal. Um, but no, so like that, that's great. Um, it's awesome. And then I'm, I'm still a champion and, uh, I know how much it means to Taz because, um, anytime, we're not going out with it. Um, Taz is extremely, extremely on me as far as having it in, in, in the title bag and where I'm putting it where it's at the whole time. He's like, hey, man, you to take care of that thing. That means a lot to me. I'm like, all right, man, don't worry. I got it. I got it. I'm just going to take it. It'll be, it'll be as sacred as my food bag. Those are both. Ooh, wait a minute. Right. <laughs> They're right there together the whole time. So don't worry, Taz. It's taken care of. But no, it's, it's, it's been awesome. And uh, I mean, there's going to be negative stuff with, with everything. No one's going to be appeased. But from where I've got, got it from it, it's been overwhelmingly positive and people think it's been extremely badass that I got the FTW title. The passion of Major League Soccer is on Sirius XM. The twenty twenty season is underway with the MLS's back tournament. Get a front row seat from the group stage to the final with matches nightly at 8 Eastern. Morris flicks it in! What a goal! What a pass by Ladero! Hear all the action and analysis on Sirius XM FC 157 or wherever you are on the Sirius XM app. Brian, before we went to break, I asked you about your reaction to when Taz handed you the FTW championship. You told Dreamer you were really excited about it. As a fan sitting there watching, I know I felt, and a lot of fans chimed in, that they felt like you were like, oh, yeah, this is kind of cool. No big deal. Did, did Taz just shock you in that moment? Were you just taken by surprise? Or is the FTW championship to you something maybe from 20 years ago and not as important as today? 
today. No, no, I, uh, I, I have seen that backlash, like you said, you mentioned about before. And, uh, and I even talked to Taz about it afterwards, but like, no, he, he didn't want me to be overly ecstatic. And I, I knew like, it wasn't surprising to me that I was getting it as he was unveiling it to everyone else. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'm, not, I'm a freaking grown-ass man and, and, and the machine at that. I'm like, was I supposed to freak out like an eight-year-old at a birthday? You just got an awesome birthday present? I'm like, and it wasn't like I won the thing. He gave it to me, which is awesome, but it wasn't like some big, you know, historic accomplishment for some crazy match. He goes, no, exactly. So, like, I got it. I was like, okay, awesome. You are giving it to me? Great. Here, I showcase it. Cool, I'm the new FCW champion. I, I popped more of the fact that he called me the baddest son of a bitch in wrestling. Um, and then that, what that title was going to establish. Um, but and he thought her acting was fine. He's like, oh yeah, I didn't want you to freak out about it exactly as I just stated. So, I mean, I I, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, outside of that, like of how how I should have reacted into a, a, appeased fans with that. But I mean, I guess uh, teach their own. You're never going to appease everybody. Um, <laughs> Uh, especially me, because I've always been your harshest critic because I'm also one of your biggest fans. Um, that FTW title for, for like for us, especially for me, it got what it was meant to do. It helped people start buzzing and talking about a product as well as about a person. Uh, I referenced into the Edge Randy Orton match where everyone was talking about the greatest wrestling match of all time, and everyone was a buzz about it. And that's what this industry is about. And Tony Khan and, and AEW has done a great job of getting people to talk about the product. And I think Taz did a great job uh, with that title, and hopefully it can, can continue. And then also, hopefully, they, you guys can sell those and you get a percentage of that uh, cut. I don't know if Taz. Right. Taz may take you out as a manager on that one, though. He may uh, <laughs> check your finances after that. Well, uh, as I alluded to earlier, too, about how, uh, you know, the well it was received on my and on my social media, I thought like it made it matter even more. I didn't, I didn't think it was, it was good, a good reaction that it did. I don't think Tony and, and Taz really even did either. Dude. It would be over. And, I, and too, like, I didn't know if that was just going to be kind of a, I didn't know where we were going to go with it because, you know, it was like a last minute thing since John couldn't be there. Um, and I think the, the reaction with it and what they've done with it now that obviously there's going to be more, uh, more use and more plans with the FCW title, which is, which is awesome. So I think uh, it, uh, it took us all about, uh, by surprise a little bit as far as the overall reaction. And again, that was, that was a last minute audible just because of, of what we had to do. So, uh, Brian, talking with Brian Cage, the machine who will be on AEW Dynamite tonight, along with his manager, Taz, for a big, big announcement. Don't forget to tune in on TNT. One of my concerns when I first saw uh, 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 Archer with Jake Roberts is Jake Roberts is such a great talker and he commands the spotlight so much that we might be focusing on Jake a little too much and not enough on Archer. One of my concerns was with Taz and you was Taz is such a powerful personality and commands the spotlight so much that the spotlight might be taking off of you a little bit. We've spoke to even spoke to Jr. about this. He who, who questioned some of the positioning in the ring where Taz was in the front and you were in the back where it's kind of like, Taz was the star and you are the co-star. How do you feel about the positioning in the ring? And do you think that you could do more to take that spotlight and put it on yourself? Um, so like, I remember this has been brought up to before, even before JR. And I, I just see his comments about the positioning. Um, and, and I see what people are saying, I guess it could be a little more side to side, but I feel like 
because of Taz's promo and how powerful it is. And, and mind you as well, I've said this a few times, like when I first saw Taz was going to be with me and we're doing all this, the first thing you want to think of is, is Taz's promo. Even though he's great, you think of, you know, the suplex machine, drop people to Taz mission. And it wasn't until I was standing there right next, and I've always thought his commentary was amazing. It wasn't until I was standing right next to him when he's cutting the promo live, I was like, holy man, Taz is freaking killing this promo. So, Going back up, that I, I feel like in the way he's talking to it, he's talking to the camera, and he's talking to Mox. I don't mind him there. I mean, I, I, I'm still seeing, and I feel like when I'm in front of him, especially when you exactly swap spots, if I'm pulling in front of him, you can barely even see Taz, especially because I'm going to, you know, be even bigger in front of uh, in front of him, in front of the camera. You probably won't see Taz, and he's just talking. I almost feel like that would look like I don't know if I'm not saying anything. I'm just sitting there flexing or just you know reacting to what he's saying. I don't. I, to me, anyway, that's just my opinion. I feel like it wouldn't has the same vibe. I, I'm fine with him being in front, talking to the camera. I think it looks better because he's relaying the message. Um, and I know about him like kind of trying to steal the thunder. I, I, I don't feel like he is, and he's always still kind of going back to putting me over. But I would like to start talking myself more and doing more of that rather than just having him be my hype guy 24-7. Well, the best part about it is you've addressed every single rumor. And, oh, by the way, there's always two sides to every story. And the fact that you're okay with it is cool. And I do feel you will get that opportunity to talk. And if your announcement is to fire Taz tonight, cool. I think you have a secret <laughs> weapon. And I've seen it become mean as can be. You have the next Miss Elizabeth that you wake up to, your lovely wife. I've seen her yell at you. I've seen her translate. She's the real manager. So when you fire Taz and you bring her on board, that's where the bigger money lies. Because trust well, me, she's fired up. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, that's, that, that's a lot more heat for everybody else, too. Oh, my goodness. Um, <laughs> yeah, you think Taz commands the freaking spotlight. Holy crap. But, uh, yes, yeah, so that, is, that, is, that, that is my back pocket. And you know her, her middle her middle name is is Elizabeth. So, oh yeah, you could become the next Savage man because you got that ability. Woo, I love it. Good booking, Brian. Who's your number one focus on right now? Is it Darby Allen or is it trying to get another shot at John Moxley for the AEW World Heavyweight Championship? Um, it's it, that, that's a little blurred because, like, obviously, uh, I'm pissed off at Darby, but but the main target is is Moxley. So, like. Darby might be the appetizer, but I'm still going, you know, I'm going to have that entree right afterwards. So. What about uh, Cody? What about Cody? His TNT title? My, the FTW title is cooler than that, and I want the world title. So Cody, Cody's not even in the, in the mindset right now. Nice. He's got to challenge you. I like it. Could you, do you ever see yourself in there with Cody? Maybe FTW championship against the TNT television championship? Uh, I mean, sure, that, that's possible. It's just not my focus or, you know, or my sights right now. But, I mean, absolutely. I mean, once once I'm done with what's launching the world title, and, uh, I mean, I'm always open to, to something else. And, obviously, Cody's been killing it, and he's one of the top guys and competitors there. So, I, I would love to get in the ring and defeat him as well. But just that's the – I'm not going to think too far ahead. But, yes, yeah, I'm sure that would be a killer match when whenever it does happen. Right. How do you feel? I mean, because I, I know you, man, and I've been blessed to be alongside you. I've been agenting you. I've been, you know, we've we've worked together. I feel you're one of the most athletic men I've ever seen um, in some of stuff. And then some people are like, oh, you shouldn't do this. You shouldn't do that, which I hate because if something is done right, it's done correctly. How do you feel about 
uh, people who state that you're too big to do something? Um, yeah, I don't know if that's like more of just like an you know old traditional mindset. If it's just because like oh you know you don't need to do that, so why should you do that? I, you know, after the it was the first time I was on Busted Open, Bubba actually even mentioned that too. That there's a lot of people um, that said that prior to me, and then me going out there and still doing stuff that I quote shouldn't be able to do, or shouldn't be doing is kind of what got me over to begin with. Uh, Cause I, you already, I walk out the curtain and I stand out with how I look and I separate myself from the rest of the locker room. But then the fact that I wrestle how I shouldn't be able to wrestle on top of how I look is I feel like what's gotten me to the next level. And by continuing to do like, so say if I, if I just went there and just did, you know, shoulder tackle, or shoulder, shoulder tackle power slam this whole time, I don't think my career would be where it's at. Brian, do you feel like you're connecting with the AEW fan base right now? Um, that's actually a good question. Um, yes and no. Yes and no. Um, and, I, and I think that's because I, I haven't. I mean, it's been great with Taz, everything we're doing. But I, you know, I, I've, I've done some cool squashes. I, I just had that one match with Mox, which I know a lot of people not, probably aren't very happy with the ending with it. But there's still a whole lot to me that like we haven't seen or got and. And truth be told, too, uh, I would I would love for us to kind of turn around and be a little more fan favorites than heels, too, because I've always been more of a fan of that than, than being uh, the quote-unquote bad guy. Thanks for listening. Catch us Monday through Saturday on Busted Open from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM. Fight Nation, Channel 156. The Busted Open Podcast. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also, 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.